The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. And welcome to the Astro Lab, the podcast that everybody seems to want to ban these days. Just, I think, because it makes too much good mana. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I'm Joe Dyer, and here with me tonight, as always, probably wearing a Reds cap, maybe wearing the same Reds cap I've seen him in, uh, Scott Campbell. Hello. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Uh, so far, I'm okay. Um, no, I'm not wearing a Reds cap. <laughs> um, since... <laughs> Since uh, DeWine shut down Ohio, I have not shaved. Um, oh, oh boy! Yeah, so I'm I'm looking probably more akin to Logan at the beginning of the movie The Wolverine. He's all not, not, not like Logan from like Logan, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking, looking very mountain manish. Uh, I look like uh, yeah, I, I look a little rough, but. Um, I mean, hey, we're working from home. My job, I don't have to have a webcam. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I. Man, uh, speaking of baseball, real quick, because uh, something did come down the wire not too long ago. There's a report out there that minor leagues, as far as their games for this year, not happening at all. Yeah, that's what I've heard, so, too. N- nothing, quote-unquote, official yet, but, you know, that's the first shoot a drop so to speak uh so yeah i don't know we'll see but but joe what what's going on you, you got some sweet like vintage and legacy articles coming out on uh, mtg goldfish yet yeah yeah uh so uh as we uh the the episode title of this episode kind of implies uh this is orientation this is our very first episode uh we are going to talk about uh ourselves a little bit uh and we're going to talk about uh who we are and what we play and kind of what we do uh and uh go from there and basically just introduce ourselves and then we have some other topics we're going to talk about uh we're also going to talk about some ikoria stuff uh some stuff about companions everybody's talking about companions this this lately it seems uh so we're going to talk a little bit about that we're going to talk a little bit about uh secret layer the godzilla lands uh, we're going to talk about godzilla in general when it comes to ikoria uh, and I know that uh, some people don't like that. Some people do. I think it's pretty sweet, personally. But eh. uh, we're gonna talk a little about Astrolabe because why not? Uh, <laughs> we, we we also uh, want to touch on uh, sunsetting of Planeswalker points a little bit. Uh, kind of talk about that a little bit. We also got some positive community shout out stuff. We're gonna do at the end. Uh, yeah. So before we get started, uh, I do want to thank uh, Jonathan Medina uh, for giving us uh, a little bit of a place to. Rec- our podcast at uh on his uh bizarre mtg discord server uh so thank you john for giving us that opportunity to work with this uh so scott tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are what you do okay fine um (laughs) scott campbell been writing uh about mtg just kind of on my own for gosh about six years now maybe a little longer uh started writing for a local store here in town called the Game Haven, because uh, no one else was doing it. 
I'm like, sure, I'll I'll do it. And this is at the height of Return to Ravnica Theros standard that was kind of ending. We're going into a new standard with all those Azorius Return to Ravnica cards leaving standard. Okay. Um, but uh, I've just been kind of hopping around the internet and finally landed on uh, a space on uh, Legit MTG. Uh, where my articles appear there every Thursday. I focus mostly on modern uh, because uh, as much as I say I embrace change sometimes, I'm, I'm not a fan of standard. haven't been since the Battle for Zendikar four-color deck monstrosities that didn't really mean anything. Um, so I, I kind of shake my fist a lot. I, I'm old man magic. Um <laughs> Magic since '93, not the FNM level till '06. Um, yeah, I, I've seen a lot, I've done a lot, but not a lot from like the pro level, more like the casual player, casually competitive level. Um, outside of that, like what we talked about earlier, love baseball, um, love playing games in general, and Joe and I hang out and about all sorts of magic and i listen to him go on about cards and vintage and i'm like i can't afford this format dude <laughs> but uh yeah th- this is also my first official podcast so if you hear a bunch of echoing or whatever uh, it's just me channeling my inner insomnia so i'm trying to like be apocalypse no i'm kidding uh, <laughs> uh, this is my first time setting anything like this up i just going with it see how it works uh, and we'll make improvements as we go. Uh, Joe, what, what about you? You you do more writing than I do. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Joe Dyer. I am the current uh, columnist for the Vintage 101 series and the This Week in Legacy series at MTG Goldfish. I uh, have been writing for MTG Goldfish for uh, over a year now. Uh, actually, it was a year last October that I started writing uh the last October, last October, a year from then, that I had started writing uh, the Vintage 101 series, and I took over this week in Legacy earlier this year, uh, at the beginning of the year this year. Uh, I've been writing magic content for two to three years now, uh, mm-hmm. at least, uh, th- thanks to part in uh, by websites like Puka Trade and uh, Cardsphere, kind of getting my start uh, doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so I've been playing magic. Uh, I started playing around uh, Tempest Block, uh, and then I left the game around Onslaught, uh, and then I came back to the game around Rise of the Eldrazi, uh, because I saw Emrakul the Aeon Sword and went, what the actual hell is this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and I, I got really heavy into Commander for a while when it was still EDH, uh, but uh, I found Legacy uh, and I found Vintage, and uh, they're both formats that I really, really, really love, uh, very passionate about. Uh, so they're just what I really like to do. Uh, I do also like baseball, uh, as Scott well knows. Uh, I, I do enjoy the minor league games, at least, uh, just because they're a lot of fun to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's who I am. Uh, a lot of people know me pretty active on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so I get involved in a lot of, uh, posting of stuff on Twitter of various things that are going on around the internet. So I'm trying to post less. They get angry sometimes. 
Uh, I just, uh, I, so a lot of people know the fact that I like to post just screenshots of just hilarious moto games. Uh, that's, just, do. <laughs> that's just what I like to do. Cause I, I love moto shots. I think they're the funniest things in the world. <laughs> uh, especially when you're trying to like figure out like, okay, wait a minute, what happened? Uh, so I, I do enjoy, uh, screenshots. My, my newest, uh, uh, love has been posting screenshots of the, uh, Garuda, uh, turbo Garuda cannon deck in legacy uh, because it's just hilarious to see a field of a bunch of uh, Gigans, uh, Gigans uh, attacking an opponent uh, on turn one uh, and they have nothing because they're not playing force will. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun, fun deck, but uh, it's, it's amusing to watch. I bet it is. You make videos for your, uh, Moto place? Uh, I'm that's something I've been working on. Uh, I okay. would like to try and get back into that. Uh, working from home has kind of made it not hard, but it's it's I have to figure out an appropriate schedule. Right. Yeah, uh, we can't sit in front of the computer all day. Yeah, and so I'm like having to have a schedule to do stuff within uh, and still be able to get my like work done on my articles and stuff. And fit in that uh, is is rough, uh, but it's just I have to have time. To, I haven't ever worked from home before, so um, I, this is all new to me. Uh, and having to be at home is just like, uh, okay, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> you know, I, I did so. want to touch something on the the articles because we both write. Um, Joe was the one that brought me into strictly average. Yeah, right, right. Um, articles for that website and then branching out from there so uh, you know shout out to uh, everybody that worked on strictly average uh, hope you all are doing well and in spots or whatever uh, unfortunately that website uh, went the way of the dodo uh, but yeah. we've all landed on our feet um, better than others Mr. Joe over here being on the MTG Goldfish podcast <laughs> recently and leaving a legacy and been around yeah. the internet man yeah, I've been making the podcast rounds. Uh, I was on the dead forum to go and uh, really enjoyed hanging out with Ian and Tom at the dead format. Those guys are great. Uh, it's like they just I love them to death. They're they crack me up. Uh, so kind of hoping at some point I don't there was another podcast I was going to try and uh, worm my way into uh, maybe eternal glory if uh, Phil Gallagher and Brian Koval will grab me onto that for that once at one week that would be fun but they've got like three hosts so it's kind of hard to have four people on a podcast at once yeah uh, yeah i've listened uh, to some podcasts that have three hosts and they'll bring a guest in and it's sometimes it's either kind of hard to follow or one of the hosts just kind of hangs out and doesn't really do much so yeah, i can see where that can that, be a little awkward that that's why when i was on the the goldfish cast like it was just me and uh, seth and Graham. Uh, Richard op- opted to stay stay out for the uh, episode because it just gets a little too chaotic. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, so we are going to talk a little bit about Icoria, Lair of Behemoths. Kia. So Icoria has been out for two, three, about two weeks now on Magic Online and Magic Arena, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, companions are the biggest thing that we are <sighs> talking about. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, if you don't know what companion is, then maybe you're living under a rock. I don't know. 
wish I was. If you're living under a rock, it must be a great rock. I, I gotta say, uh, must be super awesome. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so the companions are, are a big thing, and we're not gonna go too deeply into like complaining about these cards. Like we all kind of know these cards are kind of silly, and they're all kind of really, really uh, format warping. Uh, it seems like they're just kind of overpowering every format. It seems like. Format warping seems like an understatement, which is <laughs> really a lot to say. I mean, I'll be honest, like over the last month or so, I, I've been moving out of my apartment into a house. I've not really had a lot of time or mental energy to really dive into arena and get deck lists and play with cards. And I've talked a little bit in one of my recent articles, like cards I, I think would be interesting, but I kind of glossed over the companions like just I, right, here's the thing I, i'm trying not to get on my soapbox but <laughs> it's gonna be hard to do again old guy shakes fist at cloud um don't like them i i don't design cards i've never designed a card so you know it is what it is right and, and i'm sure it's incredibly hard for designing thousands of game pieces and these pieces, you're doing this three, four times a year or whatever, just for one format. But why? Why Why? are these here? Why do they feel these were necessary? Because like, like you said, they're format warping. Once they hit, suddenly like all the decks across all of Magic, not just standard, even just like maybe an archetype, all yeah. of them have changed. So all these people who have vintage decks, not just online, but vintage decks, or even myself with modern decks, all the decks we have are invalidated. We have to reinvest into the format? Like, something's wrong with that there. Yeah, I think the last time that I really saw uh, a format mechanic really penetrate quite like that uh, is uh, Delve. Uh, was a big oh, one. Yeah. Uh, so Cons of Tarkir era. Uh, Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. Uh, but then also um, Phyrexian Mana was also something that was also extremely uh, format warping at the time. Yeah, and I, th I, and I think this is on par with that. Uh, it, and I don't know that they thought this is my oddest thinking is, is I don't know that they actually really thought that this was going to be like this. But I think they just thought these were cool kind of fun things that people were just going to play if they felt like it. Uh, but but I don't. But I think that they didn't really understand how valuable just like a free eighth card in your hand is either. That like, might be the problem with the current level of design. This what do they call it the the fire level of design. Yeah, fire philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Fire, that seemed to evolve from the let's have old Timmy or or whatever who just bought like. Dean Ally of Zendikar be able to play his card without getting hero, uh, Hero's Downfall or whatever. The fire philosophy seems to have evolved from that, and the focus seems to be hyper on they're designing this set, let's design this for whatever reason, and let's not worry about what impact it's going to have on other formats. And that's and great and all if you don't intend these cards to be in other formats. Like if they were to ban all the companions from non-standard formats, all of us would probably find something else to complain about on Twitter. 
but uh, <laughs> we, we would at least understand that they're trying to bring commander players uh, to standard. Which that's totally what this screams to me with how they're doing these companions. But you know, we've had, I totally forgot about Frexian. In a, I was thinking yeah. like what other sets have had sets or blocks or whatever had some type of impact. I wasn't playing anything beyond standard back when Frexia came out. Heck, Modern wasn't even really a format then. Right. Uh, I was when Cons came out, but we finally got the Onslaught Fetchlands reprint, so Jund had its proper mana base for a change. Um, but that Treasure Cruise existed. Yeah, and you know, Treasure Cruise seems a lot more fair than, than Lurus right now. Yeah, just a little. Uh, just a bit. Because yeah. it costs one blue mana to draw some cards instead of just zero mana artifact over and over again. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if anything, these these cards have had the effect on Magic Online of making an uncommon cost fifty dollars again. Boy, because <laughs> yeah. Mishra's baubles are now like fifty something ticks still. Yeah, that's so. and and people are playing it like, and and that's the other thing, like. Just because something is shiny and new doesn't mean that we have to play with it. Like I have Modern Burn. I shouldn't have to go out and buy Loris and four copies of uh, Mishra's Bobble and Paper just because that's the way things are now. I, remember uh, I think in Paper, that's going to be a little bit different, too, once we finally get these cards in Paper. Because uh, they got to sell packed. Uh, but like online metagame moves so fast. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why. That's another reason I've not paid too much attention to stuff. I just try to let things go and not worry about it. Because like this, imp- this impact though, like, I've not seen something this impactful as far as changing Magic on a whole since the sets and Innistrad block came out. Because you had Delver Secrets, Delver Secrets, yeah, Holy Out of the Veil, the Miracles mechanic. Yeah, um, that's another one that's pretty. Yeah, was Caster pretty Mage. Big. Yeah, yeah. So, but when that happened, people didn't have to completely uproot their existing archetypes. They right added cards, or they they uh, add them into the existing things, or change them a little bit. Like with this, Del- Delver is probably the only one that really uprooted things. Yeah, because Delver was basically the best creature to be playing. And, and in many ways, still is. It uh, still it, is. Yeah, it, it, it waxes and wanes a lot in Legacy, just like Dredge and really any other archetype in that format. But I actually like, think the best creature in Legacy now that is better than Delver of Secrets is Dreadhorde Arcanist. Yeah, like well, that's um, another that card. Like, that card's insane. Was that War of the Spark that was in? Yeah, yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, as much as people complain about Narset and Little Teferi, uh, Karn the Great Crater and, and, and those cards that have impacts and even got uh, restricted in a vintage real quick. Um, yep. Dread, Dreadhorde Arcanist came in and the Rug Delver players were like, huh, neat. Yeah. In their deck. Their even, deck change. Really good for Blue Red Delver, too. Well, oh, yeah. It, it kind of gave new life to just a, a literal is it spell based honor burn, tempo burn type of deck. Yeah. That's how we got this. Red Delver, but uh, these companions, dude, got people comboing with Monolith. You have 
graveyard shenanigans that can't be stopped by cards that have been reprinted to stop graveyard shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> that works. Um, except except they put uh, except they put uh, Graph Digger's Cage in the same format. So yeah. So I mean, at least there is a card, but Leyline of the Void certainly doesn't help. Right. I just so. I. And and they'll they'll that's the thing that I think is the most frustrating. They will never tell us why they design the way they do. Do they even look at other formats? They will never give us the truth. There have been a couple videos out there that I've done by the professor that kind of try and get that peek behind the curtain. But yeah, they'll they'll never tell us, and we can complain about this now. But what's going to happen in the core set what if yeah. we get like? Uh, a Teferi that's better than the other Teferis. And I'll, I'll probably be happy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, as the dirty old control player over here. But you know, what, what's going to happen when we go to Zendikar Rising? Yeah. We get something completely absurd. Can can it uh, be like Risen Reef 2.0? <laughs> you know, every time I see an elemental now, I, I think, has Joe tried this yet? <laughs> I am a self-admitted Risen Reef fanatic. I think it's like my favorite I mean, card. You're, you're playing Risen Reef in sweet formats, though. So yeah, it's it's probably my favorite card of 2019, uh, just because it really is a very interesting card design. It's uh, at least not a mistake, like so many other cards. No, it actually feels like on par with like most of the power level things. Uh, and it it it's cool when you stack them up in multiples. Uh, I know, and like standard at the time when it came out like elementals was kind of wild yeah. uh, and was pretty good and that was an actual deck like and i don't think they really expected that to be a thing that they're like oh cool we got an elemental sub team people kind of think that's kind of fun and they're like cool this like elemental deck and standards actually really good like that's great like so uh, i i think it's neat that that was a thing for a while um it's definitely one of my favorite tribes there's just so many differences and uh, you know, variances and effects and all sorts of cool things that you can do with them. So absolutely, yeah, I, I and it gave us some support in twenty in core twenty night twenty nineteen twenty 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 twenty. Sorry, well twenty twenty and twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's it's still confusing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> over a decade later, but yeah, it's a shame it didn't stick around when uh, uh, Throne of Oko. I mean, uh, Throne of Eldraine came out. Yeah, yeah. Well, Elks. Right. You know. <laughs> Could you imagine mutating an elk right now? Uh I, I don't think it would matter. Like <laughs> now that is a mechanic I do actually confuse that, that some people don't like it, but I do yeah. actually really like mutate. I think it's really neat. Uh but I also played during Theros. So uh like bestow was already something I had like yeah. you know, an idea of. That and I already and I, I do like mutate it's I've been, I've played a couple games on arena with mutate cards uh, and it's really not that bad. Uh, I expect in paper, it's a little going to be a little bit of a uh, learning curve for people. Once people start playing with these things in paper. Yeah. There's some dexterity year. issues. Yeah. But I think as long as you're clear about what's happening, uh, I think it's fine. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, and then, like as far as companions are concerned, I don't think that's also I don't think it's also going to be a big deal in paper either. As far as uh, you know, legality concerns and all that stuff, I think people are kind of overblowing that as a 
a thing that could happen. People trying to cheat with companions because oh yeah, there, there's no opportunity cost for it. Like if you cheat with a companion, you're gonna lose the game. Like, exactly. <laughs> it you know and, and, and probably be banned from a store. Possibly. I, well, I mean, depends. Like at regular rel, if they go look, don't do that. You know, and you do it again, then they're gonna be like, dude, get out. But right. you know, at comp rel, you're not gonna be calling your your judge for you know deck check because they revealed a companion. It's, you're just gonna have to trust that you know how, just the same way that you trust that your opponent is not playing five copies of a card. Exactly. You know, or not playing any banned cards, like you know that sort of thing. So I don't that's, think it's a good that, that. Well, I will say this about companions: you only have to buy one. Yeah, well, except for Garuda. Well, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Garuda is the one where you can't. You have technically have to buy four. Right, but uh, um, there's so there's such a wide variety of power level with the companions. Most that, of them are fine. Like, yeah, but but I feel that those will see so little play. Oh yeah, because they're okay or they help a little bit. They're not doing anything overtly powerful. I I, I think we're kind of drunk on power. Like 2019, like you talked about Risen Reef being your favorite card. And heck, our podcast, the, the namesake of that, is a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many how many cards? have just increased the power level and it's like we're still going up the hill it's like we're the the yodeler on that price is right game we haven't gone over the cliff yet right so when's that gonna happen yeah who knows you know it's gonna be wild to see what happens gonna happen with corset 2021 and especially zendikar oh yeah uh, you know. zendikar rising can't be the the bring the power back down because it's zendikar right and both battle and oath are either a stunk or b focused too much on the mistake that was the um, Eldrazi. Yeah, what would they call that? Uh, Devoid. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah Devoid was kind of bad, but the just printing undercosted Eldrazi that were not hard to put into play. Yeah, yeah, uh, Thought Not Seer should have been three in a black. I mean, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah or yeah, like maybe like. Two, two generic, one colorless and a black or something like that. Sure, something. You know, something that where, you know, you couldn't go I have Ugin. <laughs> it's got to be made for draft, Joe, because it's all about drafting. Well, and, you know, that, that said, especially, you know, waste, your wastes, too. Yeah. So I do remember that set very, very explicitly from a limited perspective. And, yeah. Even then, they weren't really. They were kind of hard to play because if you didn't open any, then well, cool, right, sweet, like, I, yeah. <laughs> like, but I mean, just you know, I do like that they they did create decks in older formats, though. Uh, like, I do actually really enjoy the deck in Legacy. Uh, I think it's nice that there's a deck that is actually a somewhat of an aggro slash uh, prison deck. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like that hasn't had that never really had one for a while. Yeah. Uh since like, you know, Zoo became unplayable and that sort of thing. And that's so. now the home for um Once Upon a Time cuz it got uh banned in modern. Yeah. Oh yeah, Once Upon a Time is actually really good in that deck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually really nice. It's actually helped improve the consistency of that deck quite a bit. So Which Spirit Guide seeing play? Uh Elvish Spirit Guide. Yeah. So you can cast once upon a time if you 
crazy. Crazy. It makes perfect sense, honestly. So, uh, so, uh, you know, going back to like these companion things, like we've been seeing, like I said, we've been seeing a lot of these things, uh, warp the format to the point of really crazy stuff. And I've been seeing decks come out that I'm like, why would you do this? Why? Uh, and one of the things that came up, uh, was, uh, there was a song that got posted, uh, to YouTube, uh, and it was, uh, all the decks you love. Uh, and this guy was did a song about companions. It's actually really funny, and I'll, I'll put the link to it in the show notes so people can check it out. Uh, but uh, basically, one of the jokes of the the show, the song was uh, there was a screenshot of uh, a kid, the the meme with the kid playing the trombone on the girl, and the girl's holding her holding her ears, uh, <laughs> and, and the girl's saying, uh, "Finally, full deck," and uh, the. Uh, trombone player saying uh that dropped bbe and lily from my deck right oh my god <laughs> very very funny just kind of cracked me up and i i've seen those decks and it's it's it boggles me to think that you would drop these kind of powerful cards uh i said the same thing about vintage i i, I completely mm-hmm. underestimated luris and vintage uh when i did my set yeah. review the card uh, you I told thought, me about yeah. Black Lotus. Holy cow! I, I was, I thought, you know, no, no, PO players are not gonna like cut this thing for like, you know, cut Bolas Citadel, or you know, Tinker, <laughs> or you know, stupid crap like that, or like, you know, DPS is not gonna cut Necropodent, so you're not gonna cut Oko, you're not gonna cut Dak Faden, you're not gonna cut Narset, and everybody did. <laughs> and I went, well, all right then, <laughs> like, okay, the like, the only. Only one of these I played is Karuga. I just played it tonight. I need to get my achievements on Arena. Uh, so I'm like, Karuga's being played in a Fires deck. The card's actually really stupid in that deck, yeah. It's not even a Jeskai, and is it, or an Azorius, or even a Boros card. It's a no. Simic card. Nope. And, and it's the, funny, the, too. Color, the colors don't matter anymore. Like, it's not, Well, it's the, hybrid, though, so... Yeah, but I still, when I see a card like that, my first thought is like, oh, neat, a Simic card. Simic needs more help in standard, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and no, it's it's not being played in a Simic deck at all. And I'm like, no, the colors don't matter. Nah, so, it's being played in the deck that could just cast free spells. Yeah, like yeah. it just. And then that whole, you you show me some Jun lists that have no Lily, no Bloodbright Elf. I've seen them in Modern. And I'm, I just, I, I keep scrolling. I'm like, no, this is not. <laughs> so for, for those, for those listening, those new, those new to even my voice, even my name, Twitter name is MTG pack foils for a reason. <laughs> I play cards that come out of a booster pack. And if it is their first time being foiled, more than likely go into my deck. And is one of those decks I have. 100% foiled. That's when why I, see, I made that joke for for him. Yeah. <laughs> when I see a, 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 a card come out, it's like, I don't need to play Liliana's anymore. I'm like, what, what are you doing? Oh! Just, <laughs> it just goes against all principles. And, and this is even going back to like the Shards of Alara, the Zendikar blocks when the Braid Elf and the Blightning... Oh man, th- those are some fun times. And and I, 
I, I will say this on this podcast. This is our first one, and I, it probably won't be the last time. You all are welcome for Blood Braid Elf being unbanned. I send a Christmas, <laughs> send a Christmas card to Alyssa DeToro, Mark Rosewater, and Aaron Forsyth asking to have Blood Braid Elf taken off the shelf this Christmas. Months later, it happened. So you all are welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, just. I- no, I, I kind of expected. I kind of expected it in Legacy, honestly. Uh, yeah, like well, the older formats, like Vintage. Um, well, uh, see, Vintage, I was kind of like, eh, like to play. Yeah. Like I like I said, I I like to play Dakvade. I like to play Narset. I like to play, um, you know, Teferi. You know, sees play there occasionally. You know, uh, Bolas Citadel is a really fun card to put in a play and. You know, it's very vintagey. Like it feels very vintagey when you play it. Like, you know, uh, but Luris doesn't feel very vintagey. Luris feels like okay, we both have cats, and we both put in to play black lotuses, and it makes all the black lotus openers kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, but like legacy, I kind of expected. Like I, I kind of called in my article, and people were talking about it at the time. They're like, I don't know if Delver will do this, and now Delver will card <laughs> yeah, Delver, 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 Delver absolutely cut like Gurmang Angler and stuff to just play this card because being able to rebuy like your Arcanists and stuff like that is really good. A mono like, blue card that sometimes pair with a mono red card and to have an Orzov card in their sideboard. Yeah. <laughs> that they can cast for cast for one time out of their sideboard. Yep. Right, so, right. It's pretty like good. colors don't mean anything. I mean Astrolabe exists. <laughs> And so does this podcast. <laughs> That's this is true. Uh, so, so do the do the companions individually maybe get to a point where they're banned formats, or does something like Mishra's Bobble go? I don't know. Uh, I have a feeling that it's hard to ban. I think Loris could probably get banned in quite a few things. Uh, I think Loris could get banned in in Legacy. I think Loris could get banned in Modern probably. Uh, I don't think it's doing anything in standard because uh, there's nothing to really abuse it with. So I think it's probably fine there. I think the ones that are in standard are just like Karuga, I guess. Like I think Loris sees play in stand in standard. Maybe in that or- there's an Aura's deck I've heard. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a Boggles, like Aura's deck that plays all that glitters and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like I think that's, but I, I think that's probably fine. Like it doesn't seem like it's like super, you know, overpowered. Uh, Karuga may be a little bit more egregious and standard, like. But um, the my the problem I have is that if they do anything, uh, like if they ban, like talking back like into Legacy and Vintage, like if they ban like Loris and Legacy, uh, the one that could pop up just right in its place is Zerda, uh, and that could oh, be yeah. problematic. But I honestly think that that deck might be just fine, uh, because a lot more people are playing cards like Nullrod and a lot more people are uh, playing cards like Mindbreak Trap, and which are cards that probably should be playing anyways. When they uh, play Nullrod, that card does nothing. I mean, it does a lot of things against Zerta. I, I know. <laughs> but, that deck does nothing. That uh, does nothing. It does absolutely nothing when the opponent plays Nullrod. In fact, uh, it's not... Yeah, yeah but... Um, but that deck is like, I, I don't know. I played that deck for like a weekend on Magic Online, and uh, the deck definitely feels like it's like close to like vintage power level when it does its thing. 
Uh, like you can legitimately turn one people with that deck, uh, just because uh, you know of having enough fast mana and having a payoff. Uh, and of course, you get like seven payoffs in your main. You have eight, eight enablers. Well, sorry, six, six enablers. Uh, for Zerda to go infinite with Grim Monolith and Basalt Monolith in the main deck, but then you have four Karn, the Great Creator, uh, and so you get another four. You know, so you get ten enable ten enablers basically main deck if you need it. Uh, but then you have you know three walking ballista in the main, so you've got seven walking ballista effectively. Jeez. You got one on the sideboard, uh, so you could je- legitimately, you know, go off on mm-hmm. turn one, uh, even through like disruption or removal. Sometimes, like uh, if your opponent has like a source to plowshare or a Caracas, like you mm-hmm. can go off through that because uh, if uh, basalt monolith especially. Uh, makes enough mana that uh, if they try to rock it, you just untap it again in response. Right. Uh, so uh, it's, and then you just go off from there. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's a deck that could pop up, and I think the Delver decks are keeping it down uh, right now. So that, I think that's where it goes. But then you also have uh, the Garuda deck uh, right. that we talked about. And uh, that deck is cool, but I don't think it's actually like like disgusting enough to get banned i think it's yeah, it came and that. went real quick it, it, well i mean like in standard it did but like in legacy like a lot of people are still playing it like it still shows up because i think it's just literally probably the best belcher-esque strategy to play in the format it's the best way i can explain the deck to people when i ask what the deck does is it's basically belcher um but imagine like you're playing belcher and always started with belcher in your opening hand and then imagine Belcher to, ca- to cast and activate Belcher costs six instead of seven. Uh, so, uh, you know, you could cast Belcher with, you know, exactly double Lion's Eye Diamond. Uh, and, and that's what makes the deck so kind of silly. But I don't think it's bannable. It's, it loses to itself a lot. You uh, so I think that's like the biggest issue with it. It is like uh, people can definitely cut you off. Uh, people are learning how to play against the deck now. Uh, I had somebody mull to two against me just to find a Caracas. <laughs> and that, that does things like they bounce your, if they bounce your Garuda in response to the trigger chance, you hit clone and you do nothing. Mm. And then you, then you just die. Like, yeah. uh, but, uh, thankfully when that happened earlier, uh, I, uh, I hit a Dragon Lord Colligon instead, and that was fun. <laughs> so, Gross. you know, that's a thing. Uh, but anyways, uh, so I'm, I think... I'm, I'm not going to play any of them. I'm not going to buy them. I'm not going to change my decks. Uh, kudos to Wizards for making something that is doing stuff. But yeah, no, I'm just... I, 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 I may have purchased... shouldn't have to uh... keep reinvesting all the time that <laughs> the new standard set comes out investing into my older formats that just no that that's it's ridiculous so anyway let's go about happier stuff i may have purchased four of the uh godzilla promo uh garudas well you're big Uh, in the the godzilla theme why don't you talk about that as far as there's a secret layer and you know there's all the godzilla cards so yeah we've got we got secret layer godzilla lands it was like 30 dollars if they're all foil 30 dollars no i'm kidding yeah i actually am okay with that one yeah. Uh, a lot of the secret layers are weird. I think the Fetchland one was definitely, obviously, the most egregious one. 
uh, that people were talking about. But I, I, that might need to be next episode. <laughs> we don't need to step into that one tonight. But I think that the Godzilla lands are cool. Uh, I think they make for a neat thing to have. I like when yeah. you know cool little promo things like that exist, and it has Godzilla in it. So right. come on, uh, I do have. To, it's like the one thing about a have to give Wizards real props for, and I think the Toho uh, partnership was an excellent idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I I'm absolutely a huge kaiju fan, a huge Godzilla fan. Uh, grew up on those movies. Uh, so I just absolutely love with the fact that they exist. <laughs> so I actually wrote an article about Kaiju. You, you did. I, I really yeah. like the, the fact that you've been doing all this writing about vintage and legacy and cards and mechanics and triggers. And you took a break from all that. Yeah. Just gush all over the, these cards, the, the Godzilla versions. However, I, I'll use the wizard for, for doing this. And this is neat that they're tying another IP directly into magic. What the heck is Ultraman? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, not owned by Toho. Uh-huh. That's really that, awesome but yeah. Too. Same thing with Gamera. Yeah. Yeah. Gam- Gamera is not owned by Toho at all. They couldn't put so. Sydney Portier on the card? Uh, they could have put Jet, uh, Jet Jaguar. Okay. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I don't think they really had a room for that. So, alters out there need to alter these cards to be the South Park Godzilla <laughs> versions. That would be okay. sweet. Except, except the guy guns. Like that's 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 irredeemable. Right, right. Uh, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah guy so gun is like it like the best kaiju. <laughs> He's what just so happy. Though? He's a happy little murder death machine with a buzzsaw on his <laughs> chest. You gotta love him. Uh, there's a there's a legitimate picture you can find on the internet. Uh, on um, is it a uh, Wikizilla, which is the Godzilla wiki uh, of uh, Gigan, and he is literally kind of just standing there, holding his arms out, and he looks like he's got this big happy smile on his face. And I mean, this thing has he has hooks for hands, and he has a buzzsaw on his chest. And he has a giant beak, and he's got spikes all over and stuff. And he's just like, "Look, I want a hug." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh God, <laughs> he's got to stay six feet apart now, Joe." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the guy guy's got to learn social distancing. Oh God, right? Uh, but what what IP is next? What 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 else are they going to in, in the form like, of a card? What are they going to do? I feel like this. I feel like this was a one time thing. Honestly, yeah. uh, I think it was. I think it was just a fun time, fun thing to do. Because no, they were, they went to a a world where you know, basically they're kaiju. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's basically what the what Ikoria is, is from a lore perspective. Is it's kaiju world, uh, and it just made a ton of sense, uh, did. honestly. And so I, I think it was kind of a cool idea. I don't know that they'll do this again, though. I'm not sure. I mean, it was they're very popular, so they very could well do something. Uh, whatever that is, I I don't know. Like, um, maybe Marvel. Like that could be fun. Like, do some more comic booky and style inspired alters. All you know, alt alt art promos. Like they I mean, did kind of did with Icoria a little bit. They had the, some of the cards had like con- kind of like pop art, you know, co- comic book art looking things. Like the triumphs look all look. Oh cool. yeah. Yeah, there's right. so much stuff with Ikoria. I totally forgot about the comic book version alternate arts that are yeah. available. The what the collector's, collector's packs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
I think those are neat. I like I like the look of them. So the art is really cool. The the Narset one's pretty cool, but I I, I really like Narset. That's like the only <laughs> card I really like from the set. But uh, there there are a few other cards in that set though. Uh, like uh, there's a few things that I think are really neat. Like Song of Creation, I think is card. Uh, but uh, so yeah, uh, I I'm I'm a big fan of this Godzilla stuff. I I, I think it's cool. I'm glad they did it. Um, but uh, okay. I don't know what they'll do again with it. Maybe maybe I don't know. But I hope I they think. actually do Dungeons and Dragons. They've been going that would be way. fun. That would be Full fun. Time. Let's yeah. bring it the other way. Yes. Yeah. Let's that see would... some iconic characters. Like, oh my god! Like, uh, I just I could probably talk for just an hour alone and break out my D and D source books behind me or whatever. Like Elminster. Oh man. Yeah. Like they could have a. Like we could have like a traditional fantasy world. You know, like next time we go maybe back to Dominaria or we go to like maybe even go to Chandelar for a set, which would be sweet. Right. Uh, like, if, please, let's go to Chandelar for a set. Chandelar is such a cool world. I, I uh, just want to see like. But they could have like those the same thing, like the alt art promos where they have different names. Yeah. Uh, and then like so you could have like, you know, a wizard legendary or whatever. But, you know, it's, you know, alt art promo is, you know, Elminster. Uh, or you have like a ranger, you know, uh, and it's dritzed, uh, right. you know, something like that. I mean, like, he brings iconic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These real iconic characters that are yeah. from, you know, those worlds. I just uh, want to see my of... brothers and sisters in the Church of Bane represented <laughs> on magic cards. Is that too much hard? Is that too much to ask? Uh, yes, I think. I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, uh, what else is going on, uh, in the world of magic right now? I know that, yeah. uh, we had some talks about, uh, this week about the sunsetting of Planeswalker points. Uh, yeah. That whole system kind of actually just kind of going away. Uh, what do yeah, you think about you, that? Did you, well, see, I, I started, uh, playing FNM 6. Did you get a DCI number? Before then, you mentioned you quit around onslaught. Did you have a DCI number before you left? I, I think so. Okay, I don't remember what I had played in, but I, I distinctly remember having a DCI number, uh, and I had an old paper card, so I had it for, for a really long time. Must have had, but like uh, I was still like in the nine two one three numbers or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I was so, also a nine two, but yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I always had a hard time remembering that number. And then <laughs> when I was waiting, had to be eight years ago, maybe. Um, I was waiting for uh, my license to be done at the DMV. I thought from it, it's just like a social. I can memorize. I know my social. I can memorize this. I literally spent a few minutes memorizing that stinking number. Now it's gone. Yeah. I I think, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I think it's probably fine that that the system itself is going away. Like Planeswalker points, we already knew that Planeswalker points were going away. Right. uh, Simply because they weren't going to matter for uh, like GP buys and that sort of thing. And I don't, I don't play, you know, in, gps that much more anyways uh i don't see myself playing in those kind of events 
Anyways, neither do I. Yeah. So like for me, it's like okay, cool. Uh, I'm just gonna be over here playing vintage, I guess. Uh, right. You know, on and looking at memes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, or you know, playing on Magic Online where it doesn't really matter. You know. Right. Like, you know, you don't have to have a, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I can just have my, you know, username and that that is that like right it is a shame though the 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 people out there who use that as a measuring stick for their level of success yeah how I mean, hard they they wanted to work to be able to be above somebody else or whatever as far as the ranking um but it's just within the last couple of years like uh brian david marshall no longer uh, working directly with wizards the planeswalker point thing so it's like they're starting to peel away or or decide a lot of their history i hope they find a way to archive it in some manner um, yeah or we at least have access to it if we want to but yeah, for I me just, it was for me it was always going back and looking at it and going i remember that week <laughs> you know like that was really all it was like you know i go back and i look at you know like my first scg con uh, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, I played vintage that weekend. That was my first time playing sanctioned vintage, you know, and that's just what, that's what I remember. I don't remember the fact that, oh yeah, I placed 40th in this event, you know, or, you know, I placed, you know, this or that, you know, or I, I did this badly at this event. Like I, I'll remember that, but I'll, I won't remember, you know, minute details about that kind of stuff. I'll just remember, Hey, I had a good time that weekend. You know? Heck, I, <laughs> well, yeah, I remember yesterday. So, you know. <laughs> I, I there were a couple like uh you know SCG con from I I you know look back at that and I'm like yeah I did really poorly at this vintage event mm-hmm. uh I you know I I I think I went two five at that event uh out of seven rounds uh and I was like yeah that was really bad uh but uh you know what I had a really good time that night uh, hanging out with uh David Lance and uh Namtron uh and going out to like. Uh, and Jason Jaco and going out to like this cool uh, bar place and eating chicken and waffles, like and meeting up with like the hacks dudes and and stuff, yeah. the old school guys. Also, oh yeah, that's the other thing. Like, no matter what my result was that weekend, like playing vintage, like what I remember from that weekend was getting to play old school for the first time, and like just really enjoying myself. So like just having a really good time with those people. So, what it should be about, right? Yeah, when you, absolutely. When you play magic, just you're you're not working, you're not being asked to do anything. <laughs> you're 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 sitting down, hopefully with if not like minded people, at least people who wish to partake in the same uh, activity that you want to do. So yeah, it 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 the whole thing was supposed to be a hobby. Now it's and it's blown up, and, and that's fine, but. If we can't find the, 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 the moments or if we can't recognize like, hey, I'm doing something and, and this is fun or I'm doing things that are not super taxing like work and life and family where even if it's just for a moment, then we're, we're going to lose that. So it's awesome that even though you may not remember the exact construction of your deck or your record was not that great, the fact that you at least see oh i attended this event and you think of the memories like 
yeah. hanging out the people, not necessarily what your planeswalker points are tied to. As long as you can hold on that and have those stories to tell, and I think it is what really is more important, at least from perspectives like we're in. Yeah, well, and, and I, I think that's important for a lot of people that are you know upset about the their history going away. And I think a lot of people are just like, I don't want it to go away, not because I'll be able to look back at my results. I don't want it to go away because I don't want to look back and think about the memories. Yeah. You know, I think a lot more people are thinking about that. They're like, man, I go back and I look, oh man, I, I played against this person and uh, you know, I met this person for the first time at this event, you know, that oh. sort of thing. So, you know, I've got a friend that I'm uh one guy I'm friends with in uh the team series group uh that I'm at when uh Adam Franci. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm bur- butchering his last name and I apologize, Adam, if you listen to this. I, I love you. Uh but uh I didn't know I actually played against Adam at uh Grand Prix Columbus in twenty sixteen. Uh, he oh. was my he was my last round uh, on day two at round fifteen uh, opponent. Uh, I I didn't know that, and I'm like, oh, cool, <laughs> like that's neat to know. Like, you know, I remember SCG Con, you know, primarily because that was the first one, not just because I got to play vintage that weekend, but also because I it was the first weekend I got to meet uh, Kevin Crone and Steve Menendian. Uh and just getting to meet both of those guys was just fantastic. Uh, they were just really nice guys to talk to and uh, hang out with. And I even got to play against Kevin. Uh, and that's the only match I really remember from that SCG con is the playing against Kevin because Kevin thoroughly thrashed me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so uh, gilded Drake of all things, which was kind of cool. Wow. So uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, so moving on uh, from, planeswalker points and and thinking more about positive stuff we got a lot going on in the community now and obviously things are kind of crazy right now in the world uh, we, we, but... we do yeah i mean like you mentioned scg con and before we even started recording news came across that this year's is canceled not a surprise but yeah you know. not really at but all. yeah there there's a bunch of positive stuff going on even if it is only digital um yeah, what, what what's first on your list of things that are positive in the community? Uh so I know uh that um JJ uh over at uh Strategia is still working on uh the MTG uh CCA Contractor Awards. Uh he had made some posts recently about that about uh some working behind the scenes with some people. Uh so I would expect to see that coming pretty soon. As far as I know, like it's going to be coming pretty soon where that those are going to get announced, uh, which will be cool. Uh, that's a really super positive thing at, that JJ does. Uh, and a big shout out to him because he, he does it all by himself practically and just has reaches out to people to have help with it. But right. pretty much all, was, uh, stuff is all him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's he's pretty much doing the majority, if not all the work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was nominated last year for. Uh, best article, yeah, uh, completely floored. Like the first annual content creator awards. Here's little old me, it not I wasn't writing an SCG or Channel Fireball or on the grind, and like here's my name in a top ten list of articles, and it was about me essentially predicting what turned out to be historic on Arena, um, yeah, or perhaps even pioneer. Like 
Yeah. We were all thinking this thing that was going to happen. I'm like, I'm going to put my thoughts to words on this subject and went forward. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like just being so honored and, and humbled by it. Um, I wasn't nominated this year and that's totally fine, but just like during this whole process, heck, even yeah. now I'm, I'm doing the podcast, right? I yeah. still don't think of myself as a content creator. I know I shouldn't. It, it's it's self-defeating, but you know, things like this and the hashtag we are MTG and things like that that are out there, those are really good, positive things that we need to hold on to and, and pop up uh, and promote. Yeah, and the other th- other thing I wanted to mention, you're having trouble, uh, you know, just kind of keeping up. If you don't play on Magic Online or play on Arena, uh, you're so wanting to play Paper Magic still. And I, I imagine this is really much harder for Commander players than anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there are plenty of discords out there, plenty of groups that are organizing uh, Paper Magic over webcam. Uh, and it's pretty easy to set up, uh, you know, to use a service to, you know, uh, be able to project your battlefield to your opponent and, and be able to watch theirs. And, uh, I know people have talking like, you know, they have zoom meetings where they play EDH, uh, and that's, that's cool. I like seeing that, that people are doing that. Uh, I haven't gotten too much into that myself. Unfortunately, I would like to, yeah. uh, yeah, I would love to, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I, I think it's neat that people are doing that. Uh, a webcam was one of the things I did not buy when I got this right. <laughs> so, uh, that. Um, you can use your phone for some of it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, these webcam games, especially when it comes down to EDH Commander or whatever you want to call it, um, they're a lot easier to follow than is watching them on Magic Online. So there is that. Yeah. And some people just like their paper magic, you know? Oh. Yeah, some people can't, you know, do either or arena or magic online. It's just right. they, they like having that tangible feel of shuffling cards and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, there's definitely plenty of opportunities out there. I know um, specifically for formats like vintage, uh, Roland Chang uh, organized a Facebook group. Uh, it's like uh, MTG uh, paper magic uh, over over Discord, whatever mm-hmm. uh, style of. Uh, playing paper magic on and especially vintage uh, on there and also old school. Uh, and I think the old school community had a big leg up on all this because a lot of those guys have been doing this for years. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I have, I have friends uh, that uh, in team serious that play old school and they play via webcam all the time. Uh, nice. Even before, you know, all this stuff happened. Uh, so, uh, those guys really had a leg up on it. So if you know an old school player, you know, and you need help, like learning how to you know get into like the paper magic over webcam scene, ask an old school player or join like the old school discord. They can probably help you out because they've been doing it for forever. <laughs> and what's great about this is that sure. We all want to get, I, I miss my Friday nights at Epic loot. No matter how tired I am, I'll usually still go. Um, I, we're all being uh, responsible and socially distant and all things that our local governments are asking us to do. We're still finding ways to kind of have a gathering. So it's kind of us collectively being positive, not quite the same as far as 
the uh, going to the store, paying your entry fee, and all that stuff. So you know, kudos to all of us that are are doing it. Yeah, um, I, I don't have that set up, but you know, yeah, I I might. I don't know. I just I feel weird. <laughs> I'd rather just play Magic Online or whatever, or even Arena. One other thing that I really liked was uh, Mark Rosewater asked the professor to come on his channel to reassure people that the stores were still going to be important. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that. That was really touching. Um, yeah. It didn't need to be said because those that think logically would understand that, but just to have that moment to. You know, we've all been in locked in for twenty plus, thirty plus, forty plus days, depending on where you live. Having that moment, that that, that was nice. That was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that they they did that because, you know, definitely was helpful for sure. So that's another thing, uh, and I'll I'll stick a link down to that in the show notes as well, okay, uh, so that people can go watch that. Uh, so, but so on that note, we we're kind of out of time uh we don't want to complain on. about arcane astrolabe needing to be being legacy oh, i don't want to complain about astrolabe <laughs> not tonight they want Maybe. our podcast banned instead uh yeah they yeah they definitely want our podcast banned instead that's 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 absolutely correct yeah uh you know we're, we're all just doing we're, we're so there's echoes here because we're doing science science we're all in you know uh, we're all in the know, lab. Yeah. We're all in the lab, and we're we're just doing doing the best science we can to make it so that we can just draw cards and have mana. That's all right. we want: it's oh. cards and mana. Uh, and and apparently, if you there's a companion for that too, you know that. Yeah. Right? But you just got to play ninety, uh, uh, you know, an eighty card deck. <laughs> Two thousand cards, something. I don't know. Battle with that. There you go. Uh, I, I think I think it's just actually strictly correct to just play cards. With that card, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what is? It is fun to just like blink like your field of astrolabes and then draw a bunch of cards. That's cool. <laughs> I, I give props uh, to that. Our viewers uh, at home will see me shaking my head. <laughs> Maybe I yeah. don't know. Anyways, uh, so Scott, uh, where again can people find you on the internet if they want to get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at MTG Packfoils. Uh, you can also find my articles every Thursday at Legit MTG. Uh, they appear roughly about noon every day, uh, depending on what's going on. I know Twitter recently, like their DMs went down, so the internet kind of goes crazy at times. Mm. Um, but that that's where you can find me. Um, hopefully soon, I will be doing more than just. Achievements on Arena may even get back into Magic Online. I don't know, uh, but I, I pretty much just put MTG pack foils in any type of username I can. So if you see me, say hi, uh, say hello. Um, I am a dirty control player, so just be warned. I like to play uh, spells, board wipes, and planeswalkers, and very little else, unless I'm playing Jun. <laughs> All right. So again, you can find me at Vrath XP. Uh, it's V O L R A T H X P. Uh, you know, you got it right when you see a My Little Pony picture. Uh, yes, that's completely unironic. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, but, uh, basically, you can find me there. You can also find me on This Week in Legacy, uh, and Vintage 101. Uh, This Week in Legacy tends to go up on, uh, Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings. Uh, and, and then Vintage 101 tends to go up Thursday nights, Friday mornings, uh, around there. 
so you can find me on those. Uh, you can find follow the cast at the Astrolab cast. Uh, you can also email us at the Astrolab podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and that wraps up our first episode of the Astrolab. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, remember, uh, please don't ban us. We just want to draw cards. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Scott. Have a great night. You too. See you, buddy.